Excited to be here, guys. We are excited to be here. Uh, we're <laughs> back for another episode of Undressed. I'm Megan Collins. I'm here with Taylor Davies. Hey, everyone. And just a uh, spoiler alert, this podcast is just going to be all about the royal wedding because yeah. it was yesterday and we watched it and we loved it and we have a lot of feelings to feel yeah. through this microphone so to many. your ears about it. Yes, so many thoughts and feelings. <laughs> Should we just like jump right in? Well, let's do it. Let's dive in. Give me your first hot take on the men's style at the royal wedding. The royal wedding, of course, being between Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle, if you guys are living under a rock and, and somehow don't consume news and haven't for the last six months. Exactly. Go. <laughs> exactly. So my first thought was I was really interested to see what Harry was going to wear because I read that he had like six military uniforms to choose from that he could, and all of them would have been acceptable to wear for the wedding. Um, the one he picked I thought was super elegant, the black with the kind of like interesting, I didn't, I couldn't think of another way to describe the details except that it looked like the ends of ties going out in each direction from the buttons of the jacket. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it almost looks like a ruffle. Yeah. But it's also it's, black. So it's it does, black. It, it, yeah. I thought it was interesting and it looked good, but to be fair, I liked Prince William's like looking Prince like Charming. Prince Charming, like red outfit a little better. GQ had an interview with like the tailor that made his outfit and Prince George's like matching outfit. So we can link to that if people are super interested. I will say military dress is not really my expertise or area of interest. Oh, like I think he looks fine, but do I care like what those ruffles meant? Not really. Oh, I'd be kind of interested to know. Hmm. Maybe you just have a more inquisitive mind than I do. Maybe. And maybe, maybe I just am more attracted to men in uniform than you are. That's also probable. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that Prince George's outfit was really cute. Like, the fact that oh they God. just put him in a mini-me outfit, basically. Yeah. Oh, it was too much. It was so good. And my question is, was that acceptable? Like, he's not in the army, as far as I know. I mean, maybe he's, like, a royal commander or something, but he's four years old. Like, does he, he get to wear military dress? I feel like he probably has, like, an honorary title because <laughs> he's such a baby. <laughs> but I'm guessing that maybe because it probably didn't have any of the, like, exact, like, monikers of the mil- I- I don't know. Kids in America wear little tiny army outfits, don't they? But two royal weddings? Like two, or not royal, but two. I don't have those. Okay, but let's say, like, my nephew, who's four, goes and is the flower bearer or whatever. Wow, I'm bad at wedding stuff. The ring bearer at his cousin's wedding and his cousin's fiance is in the Navy. Like, does Riggins get to wear, like, a little Navy submarine outfit? No. Wow, that was like a very long example, but I'm just saying. My answer is, yeah. If they make one small enough for him, why not? Who cares? I don't think anybody, like, I don't think anybody in the military is going to be like, it's like when you burned the flag. You can't put a baby in an adorable Navy outfit. You definitely can. I'm looking this up after because I feel like there was an episode of West Wing where CJ Craig literally got some military guy to stand down from, like, judging the president publicly about some decision. By saying, like, hey, I noticed that you're wearing that pin and you didn't, like, earn, it? earn that pin. Oh, the little American flag pin? Well, no. It was, oh, like, some, some you know, military pin, thing. A military thing. And it was a big deal. Like, it was big enough that this guy basically, like, sulked into the, know, the nighttime. I know, about babies. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I know nothing about the military. I think, I think that the answer is what we saw. If baby George can wear a faux military outfit to the royal wedding, it's for sure okay. <laughs> That's probably, yeah, I mean, someone checked, right? Yeah. 
Like Kate Middleton definitely just, you know, called up her social secretary and was like, can you just Google this? I'm going to need someone to make George a tiny military outfit. And if it's not okay, it better be. (laughs) That's actually not a bad Kate Middleton impression. She's a little bit more posh than that and a little more. I just watched the Lifetime Prince Harry and Meghan movie the night before the wedding. And it was a really good primer for the wedding and like what to get excited about. But I will say they made Kate Middleton a real sassy bitch and they I did loved it yeah they had to create some drama somehow because they we don't really know anything she just was so William is so cuckolded by her yes and I don't know if that's an accurate thing for how they are in their relationship but I oh god I would guess she's the alpha maybe yeah yeah he seems like a little bit of a pushover to me so I did want to talk about other attendees outfits okay Prince Harry yes look great uh he would he was in military dress it was a daytime wedding, a formal wedding, so mm. a lot of men wore morning suits. Yes. So for those who don't know, morning suits are like the ones with tails, basically. Yeah. And it's not a black tuxedo with tails, it's often gray or And it's navy. not a tuxedo. That's the important thing right. is that in England, it's very day class A to wear a tuxedo to a daytime event. I think that's the, the message there. And I think arguably that's true more than just in England, and they might just know better than we do. You're probably right. I think you're really not supposed to have black tie before five. But people do. People do. And yeah, I mean, it just, it takes a bit of the glamour away. I actually looked it up and the site Noble Life, they said morning suits are most commonplace in the UK and Ireland. Sure. Uh, though more recently, even the US has adopted this genteel tradition. I don't know if that's Who in true. America would go ha- make their guests go through the trouble of getting a morning suit? Because I like doubt people anybody. People in the Hamptons or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But customarily, they said morning dress is appropriate for morning and afternoon events, sure. Formal day wear is decidedly different from the elegant formal wear that is characteristic of chic evening events. Tuxedos, when worn in daylight, this is what they say, tend to drain the wearer of their natural coloring, which I hadn't really thought about, but it kind of makes sense. The sharp black and white. Right, exactly. So as such, they just said that formal evening wear should be reserved for events, yeah, after five or six o'clock in the evening. Mm. So it was interesting because it is really commonplace to see Brits wearing morning dress to weddings, whether they're going to the royal wedding or, you know, some other fancy thing. Yeah, exactly, right? But some of the Americans that went to the event wore morning dress. Others didn't. George Clooney just wore a gray suit. But like Serena Williams' husband, Alexis Ohanian, he wore morning dress. I mean, he, like... Yeah. Isn't he British? No. Oh. He's from, like, Virginia. Nah. But so I'm, I'm curious about what your stance is on that. Like, if you were going to a wedding in Britain and that was sort of expected, do you think that it's okay for guys to get into that? Do you think it's okay for them to just say, hey, I'm not going to splurge and buy that kind of outfit? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's a matter of, like, whether you feel like it's worth it to splurge because they did say on the invitation it's morning dress or, uh, like a daytime suit. So like it was included in the options. So I feel like if it's included and explicitly written, you have full um, authority to just wear a regular suit and no one's going to be like, that's inappropriate. Because I feel like the morning suit thing is just sort of out of the realm of what any of us will probably do in our lifetime. So I think it's fine. Yeah. And I, I just can't imagine that a man who's never really worn that or seen that in sort of his sphere of understanding would feel comfortable. I just no. think it could feel really uncomfortable to be like, this isn't me. I feel like I'm in a costume. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. Mm. You know who does pull it off really well, though, is David Beckham. <sighs> Man. He, he looked, looked great. so good. Right. So it's not that it can't be done. 
Well, and he's just, but I mean, I think the thing about him too is that like he has a great sense of style that's really evolved over time. He kind of did that like hipster, skinny rocker like thing for a while, but like because he's British and because he's like such a like beloved and he's like a soccer player and like all this stuff, like he makes it look really natural, even with tattoos creeping up out of the neck of the the suit and the sleeve and everything. And he's still, you're like, whoa, what a cool contrast. And in his um, Clubmaster sunglasses, like, man, he looked good. So it can be done. Mm-hmm. Well, and he has the bandwidth suit. to get a bespoke morning suit. So, sure, sure. Like, he probably has 10 hanging in his closet. I wonder if it was the same one he wore to Will and Kate's. Do you know? Ooh, that's a good question. We should go back and look. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I did think that Harry looked really great at night, though, in his tux when they changed for their evening reception. Yeah. Those pictures of him and Megan walking out for the evening reception, he has never looked better plain bow tie no cummerbund jacket undone the stripe like the classic stripe down the pants the velvet jacket which was like kind of made it feel a little bit more modern and not so stuffy like man oh man yeah that jaguar didn't hurt either it's it was a great look and i do think that that made the argument for formal wear for weddings again after five o'clock yeah it's for the evening part of it it's just an argument for dressing up it's fun to dress up. You look really handsome when you're yeah. wearing yeah, a tuxedo that fits you just right. And I hope that guys everywhere look at that and feel inspired and feel excited about the idea of dressing up rather than like, oh, no, like, what am I going to wear? Right. Like, the next time you get a black tie wedding invitation, be like, oh, I could really do something great with this. Like, this could be my the best I've ever looked moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Last thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that Prince Harry kept his beard for his wedding day, which a lot of people were wondering about in the days and weeks leading up. Yeah. Is he going to shave it? Is he going to go clean shaven? He trimmed it, Mm -hmm. but he still had it. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I love it. I love him with a beard though, because I feel like the thing about having very fair skin and very red hair, it's a way to, it made him look a little bit more grown up and like makes him look a little bit more the age that he is. I think because when you have really fair hair and red, um, fair skin and red hair, you can look a bit younger with a clean shaven face. So I think that that kind of made him look mature. And again, I think the same way that like the tux, how the tuxedo looked so modern, the beard also added an element of modernity to like both of their, like how they looked as a couple. So I'm in. I also feel like you want to look back at pictures and feel like you on your wedding day, right? That's why for women, you know, they're They ought to go with a hairstyle or a style of dress that, sure, it might be more formal, but it still is in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. Like, if you never wear your hair up, don't wear your hair up on your wedding day. And the same for guys. If you have a beard and you, that's how you kind of see yourself when you look in the mirror and how you feel most comfortable, certainly clean it up, make sure it's taken care of. But yeah, you shouldn't want to feel like a different person on your wedding day. You should want to feel like your best self on your wedding day. Yeah, the best version of like how you like yourself, I think, is the way to go. And I think the last thing I just wanted to talk about before we kind of move on is Mm -hmm. just this idea that there was all these people. I actually stayed off Twitter for the most part yesterday. I didn't, I wasn't really interested in other people's takes. Like I just kind of wanted to enjoy this thing that was fun and joyous and whatever. Yeah. But I did get on and a lot of people were just like, oh my gosh, she's wearing this. He's looks great. Oh, did you see him bite his lip at her when he saw her? Like it was fun, sexy, wonderful love things. And then there was just all these people that were like, why should I care about this on the one hand, right? Like, who are these people? And then on the other, there was people saying, well, this is an archaic, outdated institution, talking about both the monarchy and marriage. And 
I guess my response to that is like, oh my God, <laughs> there is enough going on in the world. Like, let me live. Like, like let me enjoy this we moment. have a little joy? And I think it, I mentioned this in another podcast, but I always think about this meme that I saw that says, disliking popular stuff doesn't make you interesting. And I just feel like if you want to be excited about the royal wedding, if you want to feel like it's really fun to like watch this and care about this, it's like the Oscars. It's like anything else. Like it's okay to like it. And I feel like anybody who feels like they have to just get in with their like negative hot take, I'm not here for it. No, me neither. And anyone also that wants to call it a fairy tale, like this woman is divorced. She's 36. She's marrying into a very complicated family with yeah, a lot of lenses on her. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a fairy tale after today. Right. And so I think to just let them have this moment. And can I just say they seem so in love. They seem super in love. Yeah. Let like let them be. And mm-hmm. and let us who want, you know, us folks who want to enjoy it, let us be as well. Like, I just, I don't understand the need to poo-poo it. And especially men. You have sports. Like, well, I, I feel, say that yeah, better. I just feel like dogging on women for caring about weddings is tired. Yeah. Or any kind of celebrity culture. Yeah. You know, pop moments. Yeah. I just like, I feel like that's more of a rip on like guys feeling like, I don't know what it means, but it's like, it's, it's not quite like a sign of insecurity, but it's a sign of like closed mindedness. That's like not empathetic and not modern and not attractive. Right. So Get out of here with those takes. Agreed. I refuse to hear them. Same. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. Taylor, do we have any Song of Summer updates? You know, some songs came out on Friday, and oh, would and I just I'm worried that the new Rita Ora, Cardi B, BB Rexa, Charlie XCX, Charlie XCX song about kissing girls is gonna like rise the charts, and we're gonna have to deal with it. I think that song is. Super stupid, and it's not going to make it onto my SOS playlist. No, definitely not. She has come out and said that she's bisexual, so that's why it's not. Yeah, but like, what about what about all the other people on the song? Well, and just the idea of the lyrics being "red wine girls, I like to kiss girls." Like, yeah, yeah, it's right. Like, you can like the song, and that's fine. And her take is also fine, but it's very understandable that people who are queer or who like have a different perspective would be like, you know, this is kind of a tired trope. And like, also like the sexualization of like women kissing women and how that's always hot. And like, nobody's ever going to sing a song about like, I like a guy who's straight being like, I just want to kiss guys tonight. Like, I just want to drink some wine and make out with a bunch of dudes. Nobody would feel like that was appropriate. And so I think the double standard is, like, let's get over, like, making songs about, like, trite, unrealistic, like, bisexual slash lesbian encounters. Also, it's not even really a bop. No. Like, it's fine. It's not new light, I'll tell you that much. It's not. <laughs> no, so, I don't think no, anything. I don't really have a, I don't really, I don't think anything this week feels uh, worthy. There is a new Backstreet Boys song, which makes me laugh. No, I'm not saying it's the it's- same name as an Elton John song, and so my, I didn't listen to it because I thought it was just a cover. No, it's like their first new single in 15 years or something. Are those guys like a hundred? Yeah, Why are they still making music? Honestly, they're doing fine. I think they have a Vegas show. Why not? Oh, you're right? right. They do have a Vegas show. I mean, good for them. You're right. That's true. I mean, they can do whatever they want. The right. Rolling Stones are still making music. Like if they can still do it, anybody else can too. <laughs> but to that point, no new actual 
Like, we're not adding anyone to the list this week. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Hmm. All right. Better luck next week, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're still waiting on you, Justin Bieber. Oh, my God. Where is he? In jail, maybe? I don't know, honestly. Mm, growing his hair into that weird haircut that I can't deal with. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Just really quickly, I want to mention GQ had a really funny cover yeah. this week. They came out with their annual comedy issue. It had Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, and... Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman on the cover. And they <laughs> sort of riffed on this Vanity Fair cover from last year sometime. Yeah, yeah. Where <laughs> sort of extra limbs were popping out. Like Reese yeah. Witherspoon had some There was like extra one extra arm. yeah. And so, I mean, we'll we'll put up the cover, but they, you know, sort of had all of these different extra limbs in a very obvious way. And then sort of the joke was that they came out and said, oh, we're so sorry for this oversight. We won't <laughs> let it happen again. And it was really funny, but I also, it was really interesting because it ended up sort of overshadowing the fact that Kanye West laid off all these people the day before, including at GQ. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's juicy. So I'm really curious if they sort of timed that on purpose. I'm sure they did. And also just what that means for publishing. Like, I, I'd be very curious to hear from our listeners who reads GQ, who reads Esquire, who reads Men's Health. Do you have a subscription? Do you buy it when you're at the airport? Like, I just, I'm really, I don't know how we continue to produce really amazing issues of magazines for both men and women when, you know, those staffs are just being continually cut. Yeah, it's all about turning over revenue, basically, and earning money through digital content too. So I don't know. It's hard. I don't know what the answer is, but it makes me sad for sure. I think that print magazines will be dead before we are. It makes me really sad because I love a good print magazine, but I also don't subscribe to any. I don't either right now and I haven't bought one in a long time. So we're part of the problem, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Because we're the market. Like, yeah, we're the market. So spending all our money on avocados and not houses and mattresses that come in tiny boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I would love to share more insight. I would love to be like, well, here's where I think publishing is headed, specifically because I literally <laughs> am in online publishing, but I don't know. And I think that anyone that says that they do, like, oh God, I'm so sick of people at panels being like, this is the future of blah. Like, you don't know. You don't know. No. You don't know. YouTube is the future. Uh, people were saying that 10 years ago and YouTube is still not the future. I just don't know how many more times we can pivot before we're back where we started. Yeah. I agree. Which is magazines. Yep. Truly, I, we don't work in publishing, so I don't understand the like how money gets allocated for that stuff, but it seems backwards to me. Same. And you guys will have to let us know. Like I said, I'm just really curious sort of what you read and how you read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm and sure Con Nest will be listening. <laughs> you should just say, I only read Style Girlfriend, and I read it, and I click on every link. Yay. <laughs> Speaking of, we do have a reader question this week. Mm, uh, yay. Royal Day weekend is coming up. Woohoo! It's, it's wild that summer is here since it was just winter, like two days ago. No, I'm ready. Me too. And they were just, uh, this reader was wondering what's the best way to pack for Memorial Day weekend. So I'm going to go macro. Okay. And I would love to get micro from you. So, yeah, I said it. I'll try. I, I don't know it. what exactly it means. So you're going to have to give me more prompting, but here we go. <laughs> Show me macro. I think that if you're going on a weekend trip, and this is true in warm weather and cold weather, that if you're traveling by car, bring a duffel. Like a really sturdy, like, yeah, this was gonna duffel be my that take. you can yeah. throw on your shoulder or, like, <laughs> hold with your hand. But if you're going by plane, I don't see any reason to literally ever bring a duffel anywhere. Like, you're no. going to have to haul it through the airport. I'm always confused take a roller when I board. see people. Yeah, just take a roller carry-on. So, for me, like, that 
and it's been a really long time since I've driven anywhere for a trip, so I'm mostly using my carry-on. I guess last Except fall. Except when we went to Maine. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was wonderful. Like I do, too. It's easy to just kind of toss it in the back, and you don't feel so much like you need to get everything perfect. It's kind of more of like a throw everything in, and you'll figure it out when you get there. Yeah. I just like like weekend bags as a market category. I'm like obsessed with weekend bags. I spend a lot of time looking at them, a lot of time like thinking about them, and then in the end, like not a lot of time purchasing them because I don't need a lot of them. And most of the time I do need a rollerboard because like before I had, so I, I realized I now have three carry on size rolling suitcases. The beginning of last year I had none. And so I used to take like duffels and weekend bags on airplanes. And then I'd be like, what, why does my shoulder hurt all weekend? It's because you have to haul a bag over your shoulder. And here's the other thing about that too. It's incredibly cumbersome trying to get through an airplane aisle with something on your shoulder. It's rude to the people who are already sitting. It's oh yeah, you're rude. knocking it's, everybody in the head. It's messy. And then you have to hold it by the hand in front of you while you're walking. Like it's this like, I don't know. It's all, it's so inconvenient. I agree 100% with your macro takes. I love weekend bags. <laughs> love them. It's just very chic, but it's not chic as soon as you start like sweating carrying it. Yeah. The thing about the weekend bag is it's just for like, a toss here, a toss there. It goes in the back seat, it goes in the trunk, or it goes in the overhead of like the train. The thing about the weekend bag is it works when you know where it is. So if you don't know where your bag is going to be while you're traveling, maybe that's the solution is if you don't know where the bag is going to be or what it's going to be interacting with, just go with like a hard top like roller. Sure. All right. I'll <laughs> yeah. do that. Okay. <laughs> and then micro, like what are you actually packing for okay. Memorial Day weekend away? What do you need? Like what, what's the least you can get away with? Okay, so I feel like the thing about Memorial Day is that it's a um, it's a weather gamble, always. Unless you're literally going to Florida, like probably you're going to be like, I don't really know what the weather's going to be. Usually in like the Hamptons, for example, or upstate New York or Maine or something, it's going to be on the chillier side. So my vote is keep it super simple. One pair of jeans, one pair of shorts, one swimsuit, one long sleeve button down, one short sleeve button down, one t-shirt, one sweater, one pair of sneakers couple pairs of socks, whatever underwear is your deal, your travel, um, uh, like a dop kit. Yeah. Your dop kit. Um, I would bring new sunglasses. I feel like Memorial Day is the perfect time to debut your new shades and like get your like summer brand on point. Um, and for the sweater, like it depends on your style, like could be a great moment for like a cardigan with like a grandpa shawl collar, probably in a cotton material cause it's not that cold out. Or a pullover, like crew neck, something that will go over your button downs. And then probably a jean jacket. And um, maybe a good watch. Like maybe switch to your like casual weekend watch, whether it's like a nylon strap or like a leather strap. That would be like, that's like a good like accessory moment. Uh, and I feel like that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's all you need. I feel like Memorial Day is a sneaker weekend. Like I don't think you need a lot of other shoes for Memorial Day. Like to, unless you're going to, I don't know what thing what that you're doing. you going to? No. Boat shoes, I guess, is your alternative if you're going to, like, the cape. <laughs> or if you just want one extra pair that yeah. still you can kind of toss in a bag. And yeah, and if you if you do some, go somewhere where it does end up being warm and you are kind of near the beach. I love it. Okay. I uh, think that brings us to hot takes. Okay. So, Taylor, tell me your hot takes. <laughs> are you reading it? I'm, wow. I'm looking at it in the outline, and I, I'm now all the more curious. <gasps> so, my hot take, I kind of wanted to give, like, a shout-out to one of our mutual friends, um, our friend Polly Rodriguez, who's the founder of a sex tech, sex health company called Unbound. We've talked about them. Yeah. At, oh, and you've uh, had Polly on the podcast. We've had Polly before, on right? the pod, and we've yeah. recommended we recommended a gift pack from them for Mother's Day. Dang. We are sex positive here at SG. Yeah, we are. Yeah. 
So speaking of sex positive, they submitted a bunch of really cool artistic ads to the MTA to run as subway ads, and they were rejected. They basically just depicted like women hanging out in their rooms. And then like, if you looked closely, you might see like a vibrator, a thing of lube, like a pair of panties, like, and there were these really cool, like, are super artistic ads. And then basically what happened is that she was rightly up in arm. I mean, just like, kind of like, this isn't fair because there are all these um, sort of like advertisements that you see all over the subway for companies like Romans and stuff that are basically selling like erectile dysfunction pills everywhere and anywhere on the subway and right. that Men's the double standard is like is, a huge new startup mm-hmm. area and it's got so so much funding behind it so yeah roman um for hims yeah yeah there's all these companies that yes are very well funded and we see their ads everywhere everywhere and i think thinks is the only brand that i can think of that was able to like put a really provocative like ad all over the subways and basically for those of you who don't live in new york when you get like a really good contract with the MTA to do advertisements, they're these big, I mean, big, big, like five foot by six foot, roll them on the wall, like gigantic advertisements in the stations. And then in the actual subway trains, they're smaller sort of like um, horizontal, maybe like a foot by like three feet and they go up above where people sit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of like that's what we're talking about. That's what the advertisements look like. Yeah, and, and often when a new product rolls out, they really – sort of paper these yeah these subways you see them and they're you know it's like take over an entire train yeah so my hot take is that I am over the double standard and it just makes me think a lot about like how that kind of stuff just manifests itself in like little ways every single day yeah and it's worth it to call attention to it because especially for something like an ad being denied that's this invisible aggression right against women's wellness against women's sexuality because we don't even see it exactly if if it's not approved we don't even see it and so calling attention to it and just calling attention to the fact that you know this men's sexual wellness content is out there and is um you know we're seeing that but we're not seeing the same for women it's it's worth it to call it especially to an audience mostly of men who might otherwise not know that yeah yeah and it makes me wonder if they had taken a different approach to the artwork if they would have been approved like what that would look like like what would the mta deem acceptable to get an ad for a like women's sexual health website to be advertised on the subway right i wonder right i mean if it, if it's the content at hand yeah at some point you're just going to acknowledge that that exists then. and if you're if she's okay like if polly would be like down to compromise i guess right Right. I mean, because at some point, like, yes, you can have your creative creative integrity, but what hill are you going to die on when at the end of the day you're just trying to sell stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. We should ask her. We should. Mm. Polly's the best. Polly is the best. If you haven't yet, go check out, is it unbound.com? It's unboundbabes.com. Yeah. It's great. It is great. They're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Buy something for your favorite girl. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my hot take (laughs) of the week is decidedly unsexual. Okay. I just want to sort of throw out a early Father's Day best dad ever recipient of the year for Paul McCartney, who Aww. yesterday put up an Instagram when Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did get changed for their evening reception. Meghan was wearing a dress designed by Stella McCartney, Paul's daughter, and you know, uber famous in her own right designer. Yes. And he just, you know like a very proud papa put up a picture of it and just said you know congratulations to my daughter who designed this dress for oh you God. know the, the new duchess and 
It was just so sweet. Love and I so love much. how supportive that family is of each other. Like, they're just so great. Me too. And, yeah, I mean, it's I'm starting to get all these pitches for Father's Day. Like, right. it's not even till the end of next month, so I'm not really thinking about it. But, but yes, if I had to nominate someone Pu- now. Like, public-facing dad of the year, would, Paul McCartney. would go to, to Macca, yeah. Oh, my God, I love him. The cutest. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I agree with your hot take. I agree with yours. Oh, thanks. Yeah, great. Wow. Need some sort of handshake. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's it for us. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe on iTunes uh, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Rate and review us. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Download it to their phones without their knowledge yeah. or permission. Oh, here's what I want to um, tell people to do that my friends on the You Up podcast say. Take a screenshot of listening to it and put it on your Instagram stories. It's a really good way to get the word out. Wow. Because so many people watch each other's Instagram stories. So one of us, will, if we see it, like, we'll give you a shout. Like, um, Yeah, tag us. Yeah, tag us and put it on your Insta stories. We'd be so happy. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, please do that. Okay. All right, guys. And with that, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay, bye.